The Posing Podcast, the industry-leading source for posing, news, interviews, and so much more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Posing Podcast. We are back for another amazing episode. It is Coach Beck here. Hi, and it's Caitlin. Woohoo! The two voices, beautiful voices behind <laughs> this podcast. Thank you. Um, has Caitlin, have you been, has anyone commented on the podcast to yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, no, I've had actually a couple of people mention how much they love it, how much they're really enjoying it. I think just because, you know, we are bringing something a little bit different to what else is out there. Like, you know, maybe it's, we're just a bit more more honest or a bit more frank or Mm -hmm. covering topics that people haven't been covering. I don't know. What have you been hearing about the podcast? I have a very soothing, nurturing voice and so do you. Oh. Mm, I know, which is nice. So welcome to Smooth FM with (laughs) Caitlin and Beck. Um, uh, I've had really great responses. I think it's because we, yeah, we're we're real Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that we're getting on, you know, the guests that we get on we're real with the guests rather than it's not a free plug for the guest. Does that make sense compared to the other podcasts where sometimes they just are interviewing them about yeah, their product that they're trying to bringing them on and being like, "Oh, by the way, I just recently released this this <laughs> book, ebook, course, butt plug, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Spruik it. Uh, but I have been told by our one of our lovely listeners in the US, if you're listening, hello. Um, Jess, and she said that we, um, it's nice because we obviously bring a really good intellectual, um, opinion as I say, um, as I say, um, (laughs) um, and like, like, but we are smart, which is just, I know we're not bubblegum. Oh, great. Um, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Because we had, we've had a few special guests and we haven't done a, a couple duo A little update. Um, what have I been up to? Well, um, I am almost pra- well, practically like T minus six months out from my wedding. Um, Woo! So wedding planning has ramped up. I'm still, still mini cutting. Like um, the ske- still going. I'm everyone. still going. Um, you know, just really throwing everything we've got at it. Um, the scale is being an asshole as usual. It usually is with me, um, but I continue to look leaner. So I'm like, okay, throw fine. those scales out. Man. Oh man, yeah, it's it is what it is. So otherwise, it's just been how work. Long, how long are you doing the mini cut for? Uh, we've got a weight goal in mind. So I want to get another two kilos off, but I've literally been sitting at my current weight for maybe the past two, three weeks. It just just doesn't seem to be moving. Like I had these nice, beautiful, big drops. Initially, it was like, whoosh, whoosh. I was like, yes, yeah, we'll like we'll wrap this up really quick. It'll be great. It'll be really efficient. And then it went, huh, no. And, you know, we, we've dropped my calories. We've increased my steps. None. Nothing at all. Um, I know. So... Um, Maybe another whoosh is coming. I I'm hoping. Like I had my check in with my um, with my coach today, um, and I said to him, "Look, maybe we, we just because like, I'm if anything I'm getting a bit bored at this point. I'm, yeah, like I just want to get in out of it. You know, I don't want to diet forever. I just want to get you know back up to maintenance. Um, you don't want to lose some gains for especially for next year. Yeah, I I just you know I want to get through this mini cut efficiently and effectively mini cuts shouldn't, you know, there should be mini, they shouldn't drag on for ages. So, um, I just said to him, look, can we just, 
look, throw throw everything we can at it. Just go balls at the, balls to the wall for like two weeks, see if we can just get it done. Um, but we'll see. I'll see what he says when he reads my well, re- reads my check in. I love that. Yeah. What about you? What's new? Um, season B has well and truly started. We had the expo, which mm-hmm. was amazing. And I've just been doing what I love and just being a coach. And I, it's been really nice to be in the studio, either with clients in person or clients online and just working my little tushy off. Um, it's always the first month that's quite hectic because my body's also really adjusting to the high work, like the, the physical workload. Yeah. It's funny, I just looked at my steps and so it's well, – we're recording this at 1 p.m. and I have done no cardio, like none. Yeah. I've – um, I went and trained upper body, but literally walked from my car and I've done 9,700 steps and it's one. So that's pretty good. Um, pretty good. And I've got the afternoon, but it's what I mean is it's just such an active job. Yeah. Um, Lots of twisting, mobility, you know. And just standing on your feet for, t- you know, 10 hours is a lot. Yeah. And talking. So. Um, but it's been nice. I like to get the team underway. And then I think in probably another two weeks, I'll feel a little bit better because a lot of them will f- like, they'll feel better too. They'll know a lot more at the moment. They're just still learning their poses and uh, only some of them are learning transitions. They're mm. still, some of them aren't at the, the stage of that. Um, so yeah, just working and trying to relax a little, but then just, I love working. So yeah, well, we've got, mm. you know, it's the end of June now. Yes middle of the year so got a couple more months and then shows kick off so yeah and then I'm it's like real busy in this weird bubble where i'm like i'm enjoying this like breath because once honest the, from the end of july it just gets crazy in terms of mm. everyone goes oh posing oh whereas at the moment people are like oh we know posing's important we've, nah, got, we'll, time. we've got another four weeks before yeah. i really have to really ramp it up and then that's when group classes go crazy and Everyone on Instagram goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not – we're not talking about that today. We're actually talking about um, like the purpose of this podcast is to really look at and to just have a good chit-chat and our opinions, of course, only our opinions, <laughs> about the bodybuilding industry in mm. Australia and how we stack up to the rest of the world. And this is talking about all different divisions yeah. And federations, right? Yeah, and I think that it's no secret that there's some pretty substantial differences between Australia and what you see um, overseas and international federations will vary whether they're in Australia or overseas. And, um, you know, I think in Australia, like, obviously geographically we're quite far away. Um, you know, to compete overseas is a big deal because you have to, you have to pay money to fly mm-hmm. and, um, you know, accommodation overseas. And so I think, you know, we've... In Australia, we're almost living in a bodybuilding bubble, pretty yeah. much, um, where the way our bodybuilding seasons operates, the federations, the criteria, the athletes, is just nothing like it necessarily is overseas. No, and I, it's it's it stands on its own. It, it's nothing comparable to yeah. Europe or the US. And I. Like that is brilliant for Australia because people can happily live in the Australian bodybuilding bubble. Mm. But then obviously for people who want to go to that higher level, want to compete internationally, it raises some pretty interesting questions of like, hey, I did, I came first in Australia and then they step on an international stage and who knows what they're going to place if they don't look like the standard over there. Yeah, or exactly. And it can work 
in both ways. Mm. You can be too jacked when you're if you and then you go overseas as in you you win here and then you go overseas and you're too jacked Mm. or the opposite you win here and you go overseas and you're too soft yeah and I think a really great way to kick off this podcast is Beck you've competed internationally a couple of times in a couple Mm -hmm. of different federations Mm -hmm. do you want to start with that I guess tell us that story tell us what federations they were and the differences you noticed between home and overseas I think the biggest standout for me and for anyone that competes overseas and it's that, that leaves Australian shores is a simple population thing. So when you, I've only competed in America, when you compete in the US, there's a massive population difference compared to Australia. So there's a lot more competitors because of the population, mm. right? There are so many more athletes at shows overseas. And I think when I first competed, my first show overseas was Natural Olympia. I didn't realize how many people were there compared to back here. Mm. And that's every division. There were lots of bodybuilders. There were lots of figure athletes. Like there was over 30 figure athletes. And for here, you go to a a small show here, there's like seven. Do you think that's because it was natural Olympia or do you think that's... No, because you had to do a pre-qualifier. Yeah. So... Usually the national shows or Natural Olympia, there's actually not as many at those big shows because they have to do a qualifier. So exactly like here in Australia, when you look at the state shows, especially when you're coming to federations that have um, like ICN, NBA, or actually, sorry, I take that back, not NBA because NBAs, they don't have a state show. They just go straight to nationals. Um, As in, I know they have New South Wales, but they're nationals. Yeah, in, they don't have, have a Melbourne. Yeah, they don't have a Melbourne one. Melbourne one, um, but especially when you talk about IFBB and ICN, the there are, is always from a volume perspective there are more competitors at a state show. That's true. And then it's really only the cream of the crop that then decide to do nationals. Mm. Uh, but even the the audience, the supporters that were at Natural Olympia, there's more of them. They're more openly. And I found this at both. I, so I did Natural Olympia and then I did Amateur Olympia. There are more people that really embrace bodybuilding and more people that really love this kind of cult lifestyle. Yeah. And they're so nerdy about that. Whereas here it's like you I, don't really want to admit that you like are obsessed with it. But over there they're obsessed. I guess it's because the US where you competed that is – kind of like the home of bodybuilding right like in the way that we know it you know that is where Arnie made it big that's where like you know Olympia is held they commercialized it so it's big business over there yeah Um, and so it makes sense that I guess people are a bit more diehard it's maybe a bit more accepted while over here I think Australia has such a larrikin laid-back culture the idea of hey I'm gonna hit the gym all the time and track my food and Mm -hmm. do all this kind of not goes against the Aussie culture but it definitely stands like opposite to it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. And so from from that was the biggest, that's my biggest takeaway. And that was at both, both of those shows. There was without a doubt so many athletes. Mm. Um, from a, a caliber perspective, the caliber over the, the shows that I went to personally were amazing because they were both the biggest shows of that for that federation for the year. Um, I was up against my, for natural Olympia, I was up against, I think like close to 40 
pro bikini athletes, mm. which was a massive amount. And I placed fifth in that lineup. And then with amateur Olympia, there was, I want to say, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. I think it went up to H. So what's that? Yeah. Eight height classes just in bikini amateurs. And I watched that. There was maybe like 20 girls in each height class. Or like yeah, t- it was different. It was a yeah. little bit different. Um, un- well, not unfortunately, but how they worked for amateur Olympia is that they didn't evenly split up the yeah. categories so my division was actually the most stacked lineup so there was I think 16 in my yeah. lineup and or 17 in my lineup some of them only had six yeah so in that situation it kind of like I was like damn it I wish I was in that sixth lineup you know because then you could have had a chance at placing but then the other ones it's it, you know that's the beauty of competing you just depend on who you're, who you're going up against yeah but um the caliber the girls from my perspective and actually I want to say the caliber of athletes is they were amazing they were big at amateur olympia especially the bikini girls I will say that when I got to natural olympia the caliber was great but nothing to really not really different Mm. um in my in my opinion, I will just say like the the biggest things for me is the, is the volume and the the amount of love and passion that yeah. these people have over there. That would be I think my yeah. my biggest thing and how they how they run the shows over in the US. No matter what you're doing, it's very much like this big community, this big thing, and it's an honor to compete. Don't get me wrong; it's still an honor to compete here, and the federations here are doing their best for that. But I definitely feel like we're still in early days of really kind of setting up these federations and what they mean because they're changing so much. And then COVID kind of did its thing. Did its thing. So yeah. um, we're over the, over in the US and even in Europe, they're really established. Yeah. And I think that also comes across in the number of shows. Like, you know, I don't know another country that does a season breakdown like we do. Like we have no. – if anyone is an overseas listener so in australia we have what we call season a and season b season a generally runs um april may ish and then season b is september october you know a couple of shows either side of that but that's our two biggest windows and it will be like eight weeks of back-to-back shows every single week Mm -hmm. weekend for those two months Mm -hmm. if you go to any other country it's usually you can find one every few weekends they're really sporadic yeah there'll be times where there'll be i guess peak periods but pretty much you can compete all year round yeah they'll run from february to december probably the end of feb yeah all the way through till december till olympia really yeah and that's um federation wide wbff there are many shows in the u.s australia three you know and they they do season a season b and then they've got this lovely one smack bang in the middle in july so there's definitely it's just there are so many shows overseas. Yeah. I guess, like you said, they've got more population and yeah. more diehard people to do it. I wonder if, like, because, yeah, sometimes even now the shows would are kind of small in Australia. Like, sometimes you'll show, show up to a show and there's not that – there's maybe, like, I don't know, 15 bikini girls in total. Mm. Um, God, I would love to see more shows, though. Oh, it would be amazing. I think it would, it would be really great if there could be more shows – 
because the athletes, I actually think that if an athlete's in condition, she'll probably do a few. And if you can, if physically, if your health is quite good and you've got the energy and you're, you know, not feeling burnt out, you can keep like they do in the US. You just do show after show after show. You take on the feedback, you get better. Hmm. You take on the feedback, you get better. But unfortunately here, you can only do that if you cross federations, you know, if you Hmm. federation hop and you really only have a state show to Mm. improve for nationals. And if you come 10th, I shouldn't say this, but my advice is if you don't place top five, you shouldn't go to nationals, Mm. right? Um, And so most women, they're not going to – and that's a lot of money to go to a national show, whereas if there's more local shows or just even more spread out, you know, doing special shows that are named after maybe an icon or someone that's affiliated or, you know, federations. If anyone's listening that has a federation, you know, find someone that wants to have their name called the show, you know, like the Rebecca Cox classic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my maiden name. My husband will kill me, but Rebecca Gwilym classic. Yeah. You know, but then they could – naming rights. I don't know, get some, make some money for it. Get some sponsors. Um It'd be cool. It would be cool. I wish there was more show too. But yeah. I understand from a business perspective, you've got to have athletes to run these shows because otherwise they cost a lot of money. They cost a lot of money to run and you would end up broke. And Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, it's quite hard because I can see both, both yeah. sides of the scale, right? And like f- my last prep, I did four shows um, and like – I'm glad I did four. I may try and do four again. We'll see how it works. Um, but yeah, if you're in condition, you just want to do as many shows as you can stand because it it takes so much effort to get that lean. Um, but yeah, at the same time, we don't have many shows. You'd have to cross it maybe to different federations or compete internationally. Different states. All, and all yeah, that like, takes a lot of time. Like I think my plan when I compete next time is going to be maybe to do two state shows and then nationals and then maybe overseas. Like as in do like the WA show, see how we go, refine for the next state show, refine nationals. But that's only because IFBB in Australia, I I have limited options. Yeah. Like it's go overseas, spend a lot of money um, on flights or accommodation or do two state shows plus nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Which – is neither here nor there. It's just more opportunities to get up on stage and improve. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting off track. Um, I think what I'd love us to sort of dig into is, I guess, maybe just differences we see across UK, Europe, US, Asia, Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe we can dig into, I know we talk about IFBB a fair bit, but um, one thing that you brought up actually off air was WBFF. So maybe yes. we start there. Yeah. So with WBFF, I find that internationally there are the, the caliber is nowhere near as good. Really? Mm. Nowhere near. And I mean, well, I, I want to say, and that's my version of good. Yeah. Because WBFF, remember, is not bodybuilding. So WBFF is beauty, it's fitness, it's fashion, mm. literally. That's what it says, like WBFF. And what we are used to and accustomed to WBFF here in Australia, the physiques were getting harder. The girls were getting bigger. Mm. They obviously prefer females with a a bigger lower body, so more glutes, more hamstrings, more quads, um, 
nothing super ripped in the upper body, but they're still larger women. You know, they're not a bikini ICN competitor. No. They're not. And overseas, you you just have to look to Worlds and you look at the, the winners of bikini of Worlds and they are soft. Really? They are very soft compared to the winners that are winning pro cards here. And... But that's because there's so much more that goes into the judging. It's not just about their physique. It's about their branding. It's about their facial beauty. It's about their bikini. Does it complement them? Is it on brand? So is it fashion forward or is it boring? You mm. know, so their judging criteria is very different. So, but going off on their physiques, that's the biggest difference that I've noticed. It's definitely made a shift in the past probably two years WBF Australia is really trying to be aligned with the US and I've definitely noticed that the women they're they're not penalizing but they're not rewarding the harder athletes mm. especially as you go up to the fitness athletes you know someone that's not a fitness athlete that's got massive massive striations they still want WBF they still want someone that looks really healthy but I I personally think in my opinion Australia has the best quality of athletes when it comes to amateurs especially in WBFF wow um because we come from a tropical climate Mm. we maybe prioritize health nutrition you know it's it's a part of our lifestyle more I think that the muscle density there's the, the athletes that are competing have more muscle density and compared to the U.S. I haven't really watched many overseas WBFF shows. Um, do you think it's more popular here or more popular overseas? More popular overseas. Really? Yeah. Because the, the shows more, here are huge. Yeah, there's more. I think that there are more shows overseas, but um, WBFF is also it's, – it's starting to get big in the UK. Mm. Uh, so I think that Australia's, in my opinion, would still be – I have I don't know the stats – and I don't go to every show, obviously, in in the other countries. But I still think that we just don't have there there's not enough volume of athletes, and the shows are big here simply because there's only three a year. Not like ICN that have you yeah. know five to six shows per state a season. So you know it's all different. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's my opinion with a WBFF. Um, I definitely think that the the pros are beautiful and a Yaslin who won uh, Worlds last year, she's a lot softer than what we, as in Aussies living in this bubble, think that who should win bikini bodybuilding. Mm. Like everyone will be like, oh, I can't believe that she won because did you see the girl who came third or second had more conditioned glutes? And we have to go back to the criteria and it's not about that. Yeah. Um, Beauty. The UK, yeah, I will say the UK – uh, caliber is probably I it's probably the same in terms of I think that us as Aussie athletes have a great chance overseas and it, we've had we have the highest caliber of athletes we've got Hattie Boydell we've got um, Asha Coltard we've got um, Taylor Hicks we've got um, Tess Trainer competing mm-hmm. coming up all of these athletes they just have an they're they're amazing and if you look at all their titles how well that they do. So I think that that really look at the champions. Most of them are Aussie, mm. so it's that's kind of cool. Fascinating. I'm mm. really excited to see what worlds. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be really cool. Yeah. Um, does this might be a dumb question on my end? No. Um, WBFF does that really exist in Australia, in Asia? Not really. No, not that I know of. Yeah, 
Yeah, because they mainly have IFBB, and I think they've got I some natural federations over the there. UK, WBF UK, WBFF US, and here. They used to have New Zealand, mm. but that never really took off, and then COVID kind of destroyed it. Oh, really? But yeah, they were supposed to have an Auckland show, and then COVID. Mm. So it cancelled, yeah. One of my good friends was going to do it, uh, which is sad, but, you know, New Zealand population, again, yeah. it's tiny. And most Kiwis will come over here and do... Do a show. An Aussie show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on to, I guess, talking about IFBB and yeah, the differences. Yeah, more traditional bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, differences I notice with IFBB, um, may, mainly in Australia versus, I'll start with the US, yeah. um, probably size and conditioning is mm. the big one. So in the US, the girls getting up are much bigger and more conditioned then from what? a pro perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually think that from an amateur perspective, the Australian amateurs are way better mm. than the US amateurs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially when we, when you look at the sm- really small shows, like the really small junior shows. NPC kind NPC of. NPC range. IFBB Australia is like no, like IFBB Pro League. Yeah. You can't compare. No. You can't compare. Like the caliber of Aussie athletes is insane compared to NPC. And I think some of that does come down to, yeah, we only have such limited shows. And so the girls that are going in in Australia, are go- yeah, they're working their butts off. Mm-hmm. And then I guess over in the US, it's almost like a dime a dozen in terms of NPC shows. You can do them all the yes. time. And so then the caliber you get over there in amateur varies. Yes. Yeah. You know, exactly. There are... Don't get me wrong, there are some diamonds in that. Mm. Big, 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 delicious diamonds. But the calibre is, yeah, in that amateur. Just generally. Exactly. But then when we talk about the pros um, and the the winners, so the bikini women or even just athletes, so bikini, wellness, wellness especially. Oh, my God. They got the Brazilians. (laughs) Like all the top five were Brazilian at Olympia. Of course. So – it's just the caliber over there. They're huge. Yeah. And I think, you know, in Australia, we only give out two IFBB pro cards a year and that is it. So the girls are f- fighting, mm. like fighting for Who's it. Who's over there? It's Oprah. You get a pro card. You get one. <laughs> you get a pro card. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the difference between amateur versus pro over there is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mind you, we don't have, we might, we're lucky to have one pro show here a year. Yeah. Is there any, this, there's none. Not that I know of, not that I'm aware of. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, and then, it's, oh, yeah, you go. It's actually, I, this is a, a kind of a weird left of field, but I was talking to a lot of people about it. And, yeah, I definitely think that pro cards are often a kiss of death. Oh. Because... Most athletes that win their pro card, and I say most with like an asterisk next to it, they don't do anything with it. I think it depends where you win it, right? But even if you look at the history of like Aussie IFBB pros, they don't like they'll they'll do like one or they'll have a weird hiatus. They're not turning this into a career. Mm. And I think that that's where if they often say that when you're an amateur, it's like this little... I've got to get it. I've got to get this pro card. I've got to get this pro card. And then when they get the pro card, they're like, oh, actually I want to have a baby. Or, oh, life is going to get in the way. B- 
because as well, and then this little fish again in this gigantic pond, they can only travel overseas. So it, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, it is very hard. Like it's almost like starting from day one all over again. And the pressure, because that's it, what I felt. And it's so much harder. And mm-hmm. then you've got to pay more money to travel overseas. And it's just, it's it's less fun competing as a pro. We've talked about this previously, mm. how competing as an amateur is more fun. Mm. And then once you compete as a pro, it's like, hoi, hoi, hoi. It's not, yeah. Anyway, not that I know anything about it, like, but. That's a little side note. Um, um, how do we feel about the UK compared to Australia? UK. Just generally when it comes to like more traditional bodybuilding, like NPC, IFBB. More conditioned. Yeah. I would say more aligned with the US. Um, like you get some people that are absolutely shredded to the gills. Yeah. And mainly with, I noticed this, one of our beautiful clients, Maddie, she competes in a federation called PCA. It's just, uh, introduced it here, but over in, in the UK, those girls are shredded, shredded. Absolutely. I couldn't believe it. They were just the condition of their they, – they, I think they had striations. Like the bikini girls had striations through their shoulders. Yep. They were just next level. Um, I do agree with that. Yeah, like they get really, really lean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then – Maybe because it's so cold, so they just <laughs> – I'm kidding. <laughs> they just rug up. And then I think also the same in Asia, but they're smaller. Yes, they are smaller – And I actually think that they're just – so when we talk about the US, when I'm thinking about a lot of the athletes, they're quite full. Mm. So they still look really healthy. Whereas sometimes Asia, I find they can look too stringy. Yeah. And it could just – it could be actually like a cultural – or the Gen- like a genetics, genetic the amount of muscle mass thing. or yeah. just how how lean they get themselves, even mm. the way they pump up. Yeah. You know, um, like I remember I was listening to a podcast um, about the Japan Amateur Olympia and one of the coaches on that podcast was talking about how he saw one of the girls pumping up and she had striated glutes. Hey. And like, I think maybe this is a really good time to go into our kind of next question, which I have, which is going to be, I think, a very interesting conversation for Mm. us is, um, do we feel that the Australian look is actually closer to the bikini judging criteria? And I say that because I want to read out the criteria and I want to just... And this is for IFBB, by the way. Yeah. And I just want to highlight a couple of points. So... um, Obviously, you know, balanced frame, symmetry, one group doesn't dominate, one muscle group. Um, And then it specifically says no striations. Then it says round cap deltoids, no individual deltoid head separations or striations. Distinct um, distinction between glute and quad muscle when flexed opposed, no actual muscle head separation. And then um, it goes on, oblique lines, some abdominal distinction, Markdown, don't reward thick obliques and protruding abdominals. High gluteal bridge, rounded from the back pose, should not have visible hardness. And so, like, I think just emphasizing that in this written criteria, Mm. no striations, no actual muscle head separations, no visible hardness, you know, no thick obliques, no protruding abdominals, um, you know, abdominal distinction, but not, like, rock hard. And so when we look at the Australian bikinis amateur that is this slightly softer look 
in my opinion, whether or not like it gets rewarded internationally on paper, that look is closer. Absolutely. I think that is Australian and that's, that is actually probably a kudos to head, head, the head judge M, Mm. um, the female head judge for IFBB because she's, you know, she's full, you know, they're, they're trying to be in line with the US because that's where they're affiliated and with Jim Mannion, you know, IFBB Pro League and NPC. And I think that that's – I definitely think that Australian – If to answer that question, I think that the Australian athletes that are being awarded, like being placed, more fit that criteria and mm. that exact list yeah. than the US. Now, that could be because – Sometimes people turn up and there's not one person that fits that. And so they just reward So they'll just reward the next, the closest one. So, yeah. Do you agree with that? No, I do. Yeah. I think it's an interest. It leaves people in a really interesting position because if you want to win in Australia, you've got to look one way. And then if you want to compete internationally, you've got to play the game. Mm. Right. You know, you've got to then look like the US do. Yeah. And I don't have the answer. I don't know if it needs to be standardized or what it is, but there is definitely, we've got essentially kind of like three, maybe even four distinctive different looks, Australia, US, UK, and then Asia. Yeah. And I think it's about the individual having responsibility of researching where they're competing what and their the, coach. And yeah. their coach, yeah. What their judge what the judges are awarding in their home country or home state. And because I'm sure in the US it probably does differ from state to state just mm. slightly because of you know, from New York to California, there's a lot of turf in between. Mm. So having yeah, taking the onus on the individual, looking at actually what they're after and just chasing down the, that making sure that your physique fits that criteria. Yeah. Um but then you got the pros, which I find are Another in, a, level. in yeah. Australia, the pro bikini girls that are awarded, when you see a pro physique, you know it. Mm. And there are rare, you know, a handful, if that, every season. And that's, you know, me being generous, to be honest, mm. here in Australia. Whereas when you look at the US pros, they're big, they're full. I know that. I have a photo standing next to them. Mm. Like literally have a photo standing next to them. I competed over there. I was the smallest by far in terms of muscle size. And it's – I find that it can, it could probably confuse a bit of some people because – and that's probably why they didn't award – well, they said that is why Jen didn't win Olympia because she was too conditioned. mm but then Bikini, um, Maureen or Amy, who's currently winning, going around the US, uh, they're big, tight, full athletes with shoulders. Yeah, I, th- I think this is really good. Let's, like, let's dig a bit more into recent pro wins and I guess the direction yes. we see Bikini going because, you know, looking at previous winners, so Jen Dory mm-hmm. was the previous winner and then now we have Maureen mm-hmm. and I think, you know, that sends a big signal to the direction the bikini is going. And that, to me at least, mm-hmm. you might disagree, but it's saying fuller, maybe a touch softer, but not significantly, and then just bigger. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. I totally agree. And like Amy... um, I love Amy, by the way. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Like She's come so far. Like her look, she steps on stage. Like that is like, whoa. Mm. Like... So full. Like the skin is exploding. Yeah. So full, hard, big. But then you see her before she pumps up and... Like she is striated to the gills. Like when you watch her like behind the scenes videos, like she's striated to the gills and then just the way they peak her. It's perfect. Just, just specifically to make her, to get rid of all, all those mm. striations and to make her look so big and full. Um, fascinating. I love this shit. As yeah, you can probably I tell. <laughs> I love it. I love that. What is striated to the gills? Striated. Yeah. That's a great terminology. Oh, like her I'm delts. They're that. incredible. They're like, I don't know. Um, so should Aussie girls get bigger to match the international standard, Caitlin? If, if they want to compete internationally, they're going to. Yeah. Like, ultimately, I think, um, you know, our judging is always going to have to kind of align with the US. Like, yeah. Then there's no way that Australia can o- ever overrule the US. Of course. So we're just going to have to fit the, the US standard, I guess. Like... Yeah, I don't know whether we like it or not. Play the game, you know, hate the game, not the player. Is that is that the saying, or is it hate the player? No, it's hate the game, not the player. Oh yeah, is that well, it? I said yeah. it the wrong way. <laughs> hate the player. Not- oh no, hate the player, not the game. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. You get what I mean. Like you know, we all have to play the game, and the game is the U.S. In mm-hmm. my yeah, whether mm-hmm. I like it or not. Because if I go and compete in the U.S., then I got to go play the game, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just those key things that the judges always come back to here are still the same things over there because they're aligned and they've got to be. It's just about really taking into account every individual, make sure that they, yes, they're going to compete in a different state or they're going to compete in a different country. And with that comes different guidelines and different judging criteria. Mm. So whatever show you freaking do, just make sure that you're like, you do a refresher, go onto their website or if they don't have it on their website, message them. And it's, just go back to that because I think at the end of the day, that's where it counts. Yeah. You know, with that. Um, but there is a big difference between amateurs and pros, in my opinion. Huge. You know, countrywide. And Australia, I think if you take away anything from this podcast, is that Aussie athletes have an amazing standard. Mm. And I think probably one of well, the best. I, I would say that there's less pro physiques. And I mean that in the best way because – um, it's still, it's not really a career path for people here. So yet, because we don't have pro shows that have award money, whereas in the US they're on all the time. So mm. it can be easier to make a little bit of money from it. There's, you know, it's more accepting for that to be a job. Whereas here, most pro athletes, they have a job as well. Yeah. You know, so it can be, I think that there goes in that. Um, but the amateur athletes, which are most of our listeners – Keep going, you good things, because the standard of you is incredible. And whatever oh, yeah. you're drinking in this Aussie water, it's bloody great. <laughs> it's bloody great. Bloody great. Bloody See, great. We're just Aussie. Yeah. Um, I guess you know, wrap to maybe wrap up this podcast. Mm-hmm. Beck, um, if you were to give a prediction about the future of bikini, either in Australia, internationally, um, amateur versus pro, what what are your sort of final thoughts on where you think bikini is going? WBFF, it's going softer. It's going more beauty. And 
it's really going away from bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the overall package, the posing. We haven't even touched on it, but and I know this no. is called the posing podcast, but I will say that the Australian, like just blanket, Australian posing is the best in the world. Yes. Blanket. And I'm happy to put my hand on my heart and say that. And that is because we have probably, in my opinion, I've like pioneered this for seven years trying to make people prioritize their posing and I think it's also the judges here care about posing they care about how the physiques like how the athlete looks and flows whereas sometimes overseas there are still some you know federations and judges that don't really care about posing and people who stand on Olympia stages who have questionable posing everyone knows who I'm talking about and if you don't message me (laughs) (laughs) you know but exactly right so there's that because of and their physique will just automatically get them in Mm. um but I will say, yeah, WBFF is is going softer for bikini compared to here in Oz. I think Australia is definitely making that trend as well. I'm excited to see the July show in two weeks to see the standard. And the fitness girls aren't as crazy ripped. I'm really excited to see that with WBFF. So that's where I think that's going. Um, in the US, I think that it's all about when it comes to bikini it's all about for ifbb the glute hamstring tie-in and that x frame and if you don't have those two things you're not going to do well overseas Mm. blanket rule you can grow them if you don't have them now you can grow them yeah Yeah, yeah. don't don't panic people who are like people who are like ah like i have tiny shoulders but no but i mean yeah yeah, it's true well over there You've got to have those two things. And you, yeah, you've got to spend some time growing them. Mm-hmm. You've got to look like a little yeah. X. And you've got to be conditioned and that perfect balance of not being anorexic and not being too small, but being hard, but being balanced and not too stiff. Not striated and which full. Is, which is hard. Not soft. Which is really hard. Not spilled. Um, and yeah, and I'm really excited to see Olympia this year. I think that we're still in the early stages of predictions. So I'm going to hold my prediction because obviously the, the main qualifiers haven't happened yet um i'm i love amy i think that she's beautiful she has a great small waist a beautiful x frame in my opinion i prefer her physique over maureen's just an aesthetically uh, like mm. overall um but yeah who knows there's you know five more months essentially to go so i'm excited what about you oh general prediction for the future of bikini i'm just going to talk about ifbb because you know, I haven't spent a lot of time getting into WBFF personally. Mm-hmm. You know, that is definitely my goal. Can you goal. imagine if you said to me, Beck, I want to do WBFF? I think I would oh. like, I don't know, you faint. Would, you would be like, Caitlin, have you lost your mind? <laughs> have you lost your mind? I am just not a showy, glitzy person. Like, like don't get me wrong, I love show glamour, but I'm not like that kind of, that's just not my style. Yeah. Um, love people who do though. Like, holy moly, what a show. Holy moly. Um, But general future bikini, yeah, I would say the girls are only going to get bigger mm-hmm. and fuller i'm glad to see a softer look though i like i think it's nicer than yes. than being straighter to the gills yes um and then oh olympia look i want to put out a little like olympia prediction i'm probably going to be terribly wrong right now um but yeah amy to me is definitely top five okay i think we're gonna see maureen up there anyway um you know, I think it's a flip of a coin if Laura Lee is going to get it in, you know, just Ooh. like. Going to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> get it, get, you know, yeah. if she gets it, she gets it. If she doesn't, she doesn't. But yeah. um, now I might I might mispronounce her name, but Rejuan, Rejuan, 
Rejoin. Rej- 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 yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. We know. You yeah. Know who you're her. About. She has been a delightful, delightful, yeah. like fresh breath of air. I love her physique because it's not too big. That's what yeah. I like about it. She's got a tiny waist. She's kind of gives me like Ashley vibes with her waist, like, like, well, even smaller. But then she's kind of got like these beautiful big Amy shoulders and like she's kind of, I think, a nice mix. I would love to see her top five, but who knows? Um, and then, you know, one of my favorites, you know, Daraja um, is always a favorite of mine. I, she hasn't competed yet. So I'm kind of like, I'm waiting to see. to see. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously she was top five last time. Um, and until I see her back on stage, I'll be like, hmm, I wonder what improvements mm. she's made. Because like she always, you know. It's that little waist of hers, I think, like to bring in her waist. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm excited too. I anyway, these are just the thoughts of a little amateur in a corner and a, with a microphone being like, I just love this whole sport. No, you go for it. You scream your opinion. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it. That's it. Let's wrap this shit up. Um, what is one thing that you want to focus on for this week moving forward? Ooh, well, maybe not something I want to focus on, but like okay. – uh, Basically, Jack, my partner, his sister is actually arriving today from England, which is really cool. So spending some time with family. That would be really nice. Yeah. What about you? Gosh. Caught you. (laughs) You really did. What's one thing? um, You want to focus on? You want to improve? My diet. Yeah? Yeah. Just working too much? I got soup for lunch. I had corn thins with tomato sauce for breakfast. Back, you know yeah, better. Yeah, I know. I'm protein powder. Yeah, I know. You so know this is- I know. I know all of this stuff. <laughs> I right? know you do. So I just really want to. I'm excited. This weekend is crazy with work, but uh, next week I have a uh, birthday, and I have a few more days off than I normally would. So it's nice because I'm going to really just go by myself to the grocery shop and just spend my time in the supermarket getting all of the foods that I really enjoy and I'm just going to meal prep a storm and that way it's there. Great. Because, yeah. So that's Please one eat. thing that I'm yes. going to do. Oh, I do. I just eat corn pork, thins. Cra- pork crackle and corn thins, thins with, tomato with tomato sauce and protein powder. That's all I've eaten today. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. okay. really bad. Room for improvement. Room for improvement. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, Again, please support us. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, tag us in it. We love, 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 and we really appreciate it. So thank you so very much. And if you ever want to throw Caitlin or I any comments about our soothing voices, please feel free. Or if there is something that you want us to talk about, let us know. You know, we're here for you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.